everyone, I'm your host, David McNeil, and you're listening to the Graphics Pro Files, the official podcast of Graphics Pro Magazine, a monthly publication that dives into every aspect of the custom graphics industry. My guest today is Brandon Levy, owner of digitize for You, and that's the numeral four and the letter U in case you wanted to check them out on Facebook, which 100% go do. On this episode, Brandon talks about his start in the industry at Lids and how he came full circle in that embroidery world, going back to major corporations like Nike and Gap to educate them on how to use various software. We also get into the nitty gritty of trial and error when trying to do DTG on polyester. We'll dive into it right after a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode, Hirsch Solutions. Hirsch Solutions has been the industry's leading apparel decorating equipment supplier since 1968. Hirsch helps companies of all sizes start, grow, and diversify their apparel decorating businesses. Hirsch proudly represents Tajima Embroidery, Brother Direct-to-Garment, Pulse Embroidery and Automation Software, as well as several other carefully selected brands. Only Hirsch provides you with all the tools you need to succeed. Contact Hirsch Solutions for more information. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. I, how's everything over at your end? Are, are things starting to open up? What, what's it looking like? It's looking great. Uh, yeah, finally. Finally, things are starting to open up mm-hmm. uh, just with the world, I guess, getting vaccinated, yeah. all this good yeah. stuff. You got industries coming back. Schools seems to be somewhat starting back up. School sports, yeah. uh, maybe the start of some trade shows and just some maybe more business and social gatherings getting going, which is great for us. As you know, we rely on uh, events, sports, yeah. mass gatherings in order to provide merchandise. Well, and on that note, I mean, we have uh, the first ever, you know, Graphics Pro Expo. Uh, I think the first trade show, first event to actually happen in the custom graphics industry this year, in person and totally safe, like distancing, masked up and everything. So oh, yeah. the usual, everyone uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has got these guidelines, I think, kind of drilled into them as far as, yeah, yeah. you could say in the social distancing, masks, sanitizer, uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, we got it down now, and it's just a way of keeping things safe until we uh, return back to normal. But um, talking about like, well, this is an odd transition, um, but just interesting things that have happened in the past few years, uh, past like 10 years or so, certainly. Tell me, what are some of the challenges of doing direct-to-garment on polyester? Because I know that's something that wasn't necessarily done before, and many thought it couldn't be done. Right. So uh, we call it I mean, challenges now, but I'd like to call it advances. So, like, <laughs> like you say, uh, for the last 10 years plus, I mean, everyone's kind of associated DTG with cotton, 100% cotton. And right. unfortunately, that's kind of how the process, uh, the inks, everything about it is just naturally designed to adhere to cotton. So the problem with polyester is kind of in the, the nature of polyester itself as it's kind of mm-hmm. designed to repel water. We're working with water-based inks and all types of good stuff. So it's more the advancement of inks, the advancements of technology and and trial and error is kind of realizing that, hey, you know what, it, it might be possible to, to DTG on polyester. And mm-hmm. it really, as far as, uh, again, go back to the word challenges and, and stuff like that, I, I'd say the challenge is more 
production and able to get a, a high volume. I mean, so it's mm-hmm. possible and we're able to do it, but it's, are we able to do it efficiently? And I think that's more in the hands of the actual DTG manufacturers, the ink manufacturers themselves and uh, seeing what they can do with the inks and making it adhere more to the polyester. But it's it's possible as of now. And uh, again, I, I like to call them advances because they go back mm-hmm. speak, 10 years ago, no one would ever even humor them polyester and uh, all this other stuff when it comes to DTG. And mm-hmm. even in the last couple years, DTG has come along uh, so much, even with cotton, your, your blended fabrics, its vibrancy, its production rate, uh, everything about it just uh, has improved tenfold. Yeah. And it's just, when you add that polyester aspect, I'm, I'm here in North Carolina, so it's mm-hmm. hot. People love mm-hmm. that dry fit polyester material to go out to the water and and just be able to wear something that's not cotton-based. And yeah. typically, you'd screen print on this polyester, which is, which is fine. But with DTG and its ability to do this realism and shading and gradients, it's, it's just going to be nice when you can offer this whether it's low to mid quantity polyester items to your customer without saying, hey, you've, you've got to go the screen printing route. We've got to take out right. some of the shading. You want to open up more clientele because unfortunately, mm-hmm. cotton shirts aren't the only thing that's selling in the world. Oh, absolutely. Well, tell me, are, are there any specific kind of techniques that you use that have helped kind of perfect the... The, yeah. the technique itself is very, very similar to to doing something on cotton. On cotton, right. Yeah. Uh, it's just more the time it takes for it to adhere, its washability, and then exactly which polyester works better than others because anyone in this industry knows that, hey, even a cotton shirt, one cotton shirt to the others is not the same. So you just kind of kind of figure out where where you need to be when it comes to a polyester fabric, mm-hmm. what treatments it needs, because a, a lot of times these polyester fabrics have a, a water repellent chemical on them, actually a coating, and that only adds to our problems because, again, it's water-based ink. So it's just more trial and error. But again, yeah. I, I, I like to go back and say these are advancements because this is this is new in the world. And if you could offer any fabric shirt to a customer mm-hmm. when they walk in, whether it's one shirt, uh, 10,000 shirts, whatever it may be, the ability to not have to convince your customer to go a different route is mm-hmm. just exciting. Well, you mentioned how some polyester fabrics are going to differ from each other. And I guess you do have to adjust your settings accordingly. Yeah. But are there certain polyester fabrics that you keep going to or like, you know, what are you looking at? As of now, it's really as long as it doesn't have that chemical that I mentioned as far as like a water resistant chemical, just that extra coating. So it's finding a shirt that's just as pure polyester as you can get it and then using that. Polyester is just dyed very, very heavily. And Mm -hmm. when you go into do these dark color polyester it's you really got to watch uh, a lot of things like dye migration and uh, other good stuff so most mm-hmm. people know you can actually print on uh, white polyester with no problems just because mm-hmm. there's no dye in the shirt so it, it your ink will go in and adhere to it because you're using just cmyk ink and that's fine but where the challenges come into polyester it's dark colored polyester being able to use white ink and all this other stuff that's just again dtg is typically been meant for cotton mm-hmm. and the fact that we're even humoring polyester is is amazing that's so interesting and so tell me when did you jump on board with a uh, dtg to polyester 
Um, to be honest, I wasn't the first. I kind of saw people uh, <laughs> doing it with uh, within these groups online. I saw people uh-huh. kind of posting it, posting their results, uh, giving mm. their feedback and what they did and how they got it. And again, it seems to be something that people can do. It's just, can we do it efficiently? That's mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem. I think right now we're it's it's a few minutes at least per print, and that's uh, not really acceptable whenever you're thinking about mass production printing. Okay, so you're still finding like it, it's not as easy as cotton, but oh, definitely you not. find that appealing to the customer, saying you're able to do it, has helped your business. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's still something that uh, is scary, though. So we're not taking right. orders for every single polyester shirt that comes in. It's one of those things, say, hey, let us test oh, it out first, yeah. and then yeah, okay. uh, then let's go ahead and do it. So it's still new, per se. Yeah. But again, the fact that we're even humoring this with DTG is, is amazing. It's uh, cool. a scary thought to screen printers, <laughs> in my opinion. And uh-huh. uh, it's, it's exciting. So I'm hoping that... Uh, that we figure it out, but that's uh, that's not going to be me who figures it out. I think that's going to be in the hands of uh, these. Hey, maybe uh, some of the listeners. Yeah, who, who hey, knows? exactly. You never know. Someone comes on and say, "Hey, this is how you do it," and it yeah. works for me every single time. So let's that, hope uh, that'd be the best scenario. Let's hope that happens. Yeah, for sure. Well, you mentioned that embroidery has been your bread and butter for years. What are some key industries you've done embroidery work for? I don't even know where to start when it comes to that. So <laughs> embroidery has been in my family for for generations. I mm-hmm. mean, it's something we've done. My grandfather's still alive to this day, and mm-hmm. he does embroidery, promotional products, and all that good stuff when it comes to the industry. My father's in this industry as well, big embroidery guy, right. loves the software aspect of things. And it's kind of just been in my blood mindset, whatever you want to call it, since I was mm. a baby. I remember changing bobbins at like six, seven years old and <laughs> just kind of being around the embroidery environment. Yeah. I started my career in embroidery with lids, actually, like the little hat store at the mall. Mm-hmm. And I I absolutely loved it. I mean, that was my first like dealing with the customers, running the embroidery machine, doing the whole embroidery process from start to finish. And that's where I got introduced to it. And that's retail embroidery, which mm-hmm. is definitely different than your typical production shop uh, or even your typical retail-based custom business. Mm. And when you get to a, a corporate level like Lids and you're working in a retail environment, everything is so fine-tuned, if that makes sense. Right, right. They do have like a – it's a smaller box to work within. Right, right. So yeah. again, I started with Lids and that's kind of what got me interested in this whole industry in general saying, hey, you know what? Like this has been in my family forever. Now I'm mm-hmm. kind of getting this hands-on use with it. So let's do something with this. From then, I went and worked for a, a local company doing more – embroidery mass production. And from there, I took my knowledge to the next level, again, doing everything from start to finish, but with multi-head equipment, single Mm -hmm. heads, uh, printing, heat transfers, just uh, a broader range of the customization industry. And I was the embroidery guy over there for years and years until uh, I left there and decided to start my own shop and all I started with were two single head embroidery machines hmm. and we offered embroidery, outsourced everything else, then added on multi-head equipment mm-hmm. and just kept going with embroidery until again, then we added DTG, added mm-hmm. sublimation, but it was embroidery that kind of allowed us to 
get the name out there, develop these relationships with clients, and then from there use our experience and profit from embroidery to broaden our range of what we were doing in-house and again yeah. brought in the printing and sublimation. Well, all and, and, stuff. and some of your clients uh, were kind of including, I mean, people that do like uniforms, like you mentioned, I think cruise lines, which we'll get to that in a little bit, but have uniforms been a primary like source of income for you? Absolutely. That's my favorite, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's repetitious or whatever that word may be. Where that you could be a just, good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it is, but it's head down, you know what? just loading the same yeah, logo right. over and over again but it, it's <laughs> right. it's great it's consistent it's profitable uh, everything about it is is great for the industry again once you get in with a client mm-hmm. doing their uniforms then you get to do all of their events uh, Christmas parties uh, so the uniforms are kind of like you're in mm-hmm. in my opinion it's the easiest sale because whether you're a doctor's office construction mm-hmm. company a lawyer you've got a logo for your company yeah. and you're gonna need some type of uniform. And then from there, you've developed that relationship and these companies will then have Christmas parties or a company barbecue. And hey, you're already plugged in as the uniform guy. Why would they go ahead and try to develop a new relationship with a different company if you're already in as the uniform guy? You know, okay, this is me just spitballing here. I'm curious uh, myself, but like So say embroidery is your entry point into these companies, into these entities, and they do have events and they do have awards and engravings type stuff. Is that something you've entertained the idea of maybe getting into? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're mentioning awards specifically, Mm -hmm. we haven't gotten into engraving yet, but we found Mm -hmm. we could make some amazing awards with sublimation where you actually just print the fully sublimated graphic on the back end of a trophy and you can see it through the front end, like through the glass, kind of like a mirrored effect where uh, it looks it looks real nice, but it's not your etched in designs where you've got a plate or a placket on the front, but we've had great success. Sublimation's full color, so you can offer these people full color awards, full color mm. plaques. Uh, and if they want the etched route, again, the good thing about this industry is outsource just about whatever you want. There's always a, yeah. a wholesale or a contract customer to fulfill your need if you can't do it. Right. We'll be right back with Brandon after a word from the sponsor of today's episode, Hirsch Solutions. Hirsch Solutions is proud to be the exclusive U.S. dealer for Tajima embroidery machines and Pulse embroidery and automation software. Hirsch is also Brothers' only authorized coast-to-coast distributors. Our selective representation of only the finest products will deliver the highest ROI and the lowest cost of ownership. Reach out to Hirsch Solutions and learn why we are your best choice for your apparel decorating equipment needs. As as events and travel, you know, starts to come back online, I've been wondering like have people, have shops been keeping in touch with their clients who have been put on pause? You know, are you starting those conversations back up again? Did the conversation ever stop? What what's that 
past COVID year been like for you? So it's a a little bit of both. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. definitely some customers that took more of a hit and more or less completely shut down or stopped production, whatever they may have needed to do. However, for the companies that stayed open or even at half speed, whatever it may be, we found it a good opportunity to, hey, let's communicate with them and offer them PPE products, whether it's Mm -hmm. custom masks, custom gaiters, even custom hand sanitizer labels. We've been doing hand sanitizer holder keychains. If we're going to be in this PPE world, a business still needs to advertise. So if you're mandating that, hey, every one of my salesmen or whatever it may be is going to have to have a mask whenever they're on site, you want your logo on their mask. So Mm -hmm. it's, again, it, it opened up another opportunity. That's the only per se, good thing I could think of when it came to this whole COVID thing is we never made a mask a day in our life until COVID hit. And (laughs) and we've made a lot of them. We've made a lot of masks since since COVID started. So again, so some customers and clients, we touched base with them after maybe all the COVID stuff kind of settled, which seems Mm -hmm. to be about now. And Mm -hmm. for others, we never stopped the conversation because again, we were always speaking, hey, you need masks, promotional items, uh, Mm -hmm. even the graphics on the floor, stay six feet. I mean, it, it opened up a lot of opportunity for the custom industry because businesses needed to communicate that, hey, we're following these guidelines. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I look at my mask. I've, I've got one on and it's got my logo on it. So it's got its ups and downs. But yeah. again, to answer your question, I say it was a little bit of both. Yeah, definitely. One other venture that you've, I don't know if this is a more recent thing or you've been doing it for a while now, but Digitize for you is consulting with companies. I mean, you guys have consulted with Nike, Gap, What's this new venture all about? And is it something other shops can maybe think about doing on a local level? Absolutely. So really the overall theme behind that is you're able to provide value. Mm -hmm. And once you provide value, you kind of maintain the conversation, you keep it open, whether or not they need you anymore, as long as you're providing some type of value, whether that's training, consulting, uh, Mm -hmm. overflow work, whatever it may be, providing some value just is another way to get your name out there. So when we mention these big companies like Gap and uh, specifically Burberry at Saks Fifth Ave, mm-hmm. at Converse, who's under Nike, we were lucky enough to get them through connections, I, lack of better terms. I mean, it was through relationships that we were able to build that conversation with those companies. And from there, we found out, hey, you know, they're offering customization in their retail stores. I started out again at Lids in this retail environment. I know the setting, I know these machines, I know Mm -hmm. the customer, and I know the product that we're trying to put out there. I kind of wanted to piece it all together for them. So these companies, when they get into something like customization, these machines have a mind of their own. And I think it's something that people find out after they buy the machine. I mean, it's like any industry or trade. I mean, you can buy a a set of tools, but you're not a plumber or whatever it may be until you actually learn the trade. Mm -hmm. So these companies were buying the machines and you've got people running them, but unfortunately you've got a retention problem, people in and out. So they wanted to bring somebody on that was able to train the employees and keep them going, even though 
some employees may last four years, some may last a couple months, but you wanted to have a consistent relationship and somebody that knows your exact layout. So when these customers mm-hmm. call for questions and problems, we've been in their store. We know what it looks like. We know how it's laid out. We know what they're trying to accomplish. And we're just able to communicate with them, whether it's remotely, whether it's on site, yeah. and, and just walk them through how to get it done because these people have spent their times developing large, large brands. They didn't spend their time learning the equipment, learning mass right, production. Right. Their their time is better spent elsewhere. So they've got to outsource the work, kind of how whenever we get into a situation where, hey, our better time is spent elsewhere, so let's outsource it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get into the local level, it's, it goes back to my first statement. You're just providing value. You may not be able right. to get as much of a contract or whether long-term relationship with some of these smaller accounts. But if you can provide some value on, let's say it's something like polyester printing, Mm -hmm. there's multiple shops in town and we've got good relationships with a lot of our per se competitors, but we provide value, say, by figuring out how to do something like polyester or figuring out a technique, you can actually speak to that shop or speak to whomever it may be and say, hey, you know what, Uh, here's how you do it, here's how you do that, and then opens up the door for, again, value, whether they, they may decide, hey, you know, it's worth to pay you or do something to keep your consulting avenue going, to keep this conversation going. If you provide enough value, somebody's going to want to use your services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what specific like techniques and machines are you usually educating folks about? Particularly us, we use Tajima equipment, Pulse software, Brother printers, sawgrass sublimation machines and and so on Mm -hmm. so we do make sure that these customers that we're working with are using the same equipment as us so that way we know exactly what we're talking about Um, (laughs) it helps because you've (laughs) got us it it does because you've got uh, (laughs) one machine compared to the other yeah they operate the same but it's it's good to know the errors and things that that pop up yeah well, cool. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for being on the show. This was uh, extremely insightful. And I think you, you laid out a lot of like different avenues people can go down, whether it's education, getting into that DTG polyester exploration. So thank you so much for being on the show with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to see what this industry creates. A big thanks to Brandon Levy at Digitize For You based in North Carolina. Show your support for the Graphics Pro files by subscribing to us on your favorite platform, be it SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. New episodes come out the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, and if there's a topic you'd like to see covered, feel free to email me. My address is in the show notes at graphics-pro.com. You're hearing this episode the same week as the first Graphics Pro Expo this year. So make it out to Irving, Texas if you can. Until next time, stay safe and keep customizing.